This call is being recorded. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Talk Pound. LGB on the LOB, the Locked On Browns podcast brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day rolling into Friday here, getting closer and closer officially to the weekend, getting closer and closer to Super Bowl 56, Cincinnati Bengals. Los Angeles Rams, Sunday from SoFi. I appreciate everybody who takes the time out to make Lockdown Browns your first listen day in, day out. And this episode is brought to you by Get Upside. Just download the app for free, Get Upside app, and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. Pete Smith from Sports Illustrated along for the ride here. Uh, we'll get to, uh, there is a little bit of brown news. We'll get to get a thought or two on the 2022 Hall of Fame class. Then tackle this down, one down, you know, last opportunity to do a pregame here heading into the Super Bowl season finale of the 2021 season. Again, Bengals, Rams, talk a little bit on each team. What maybe needs to be done to pull this out on Sunday. Um, Pete, this is always going to be, a topic. There's always going to be players who are left out um, when you talk about any Hall of Fame class, and it's rough because you only take X amount of players per year. There's always guys, um, you know, who maybe folks should have feel gotten in. There are always guys who are in a really tough spot as far as maybe either one, you know, getting closer and closer to the time of you know getting in, you know, through the first round here. But the 2020 class for me, one player I'm extremely excited for personally, Leroy Butler. I thought Leroy Butler was a fantastic. NFL player um, over the years in Green Bay he was a solid safety. He was able to play around the line of scrimmage. He was able to, you know, perform well in coverage. You know, part of some of them early Packers teams that had a lot of success, uh, you know, with Brett Favre before the, you know, current regime of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but the 2022 Hall of Fame class, Pete. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's some more mixed in some older school guys like Sam Mills, uh, who's you know, been around a while. I don't, you know, I don't know what prompted him to get him now. Itty bitty guy who just made endless amounts of tackles. Um, Richard Seymour, I'm surprised he got in this fast, although I do think he's he warrants it. Um, you know, not a whole lot of recognition for that five tech base end uh, that he played, uh, but he also played three tech for the, the Raiders. It was really good. Um, I think he's got, I think he was part of this Super Bowl wins for uh, the first three Super Bowl wins for the Patriots. Uh, so, I mean, there's no egregious guy in this class that jumps out at me. Um, so I, I think they did okay with it. For me, and I know this is one Tampa, of a Buck fans forever want to bring up uh, Rondé Barber, and, and I got to be honest, when you talk about an absolute resume for a player being in the Hall of Fame, for me, one I will never be able to wrap my head around is Rondé Barber. Uh, did everything, um, did it exceptionally well. I think one of the things that for me that I, it drives me nuts about Rondé Barber was he was a guy, Pete, that was always in the big spot, and every single time he came through. You know, I know there's a slew of receivers here, and this is where it's going to get difficult with receivers. Um, you know, especially a lot of guys who are you know coming on to the age of eligibility here with incredible numbers, and it's going to be very, very difficult to pick and choose between some of these guys 
who deserves it maybe sooner than, you know, over some other guys, which is difficult. But a player like Rondé Barber, his overall production while in the NFL, I believe 14 career touchdowns while in the NFL, turnover machine. He was able to make plays on the quarterback. Um, For me, that is one that just seems like it's gone on way too long for me. Yeah, I'd be perfectly happy to take John Lynch out to put him in. I think he's better. Uh, But Mm -hmm. he didn't get a job in the media, and he's not around in the NFL every day. So that's part of what hurts guys like him, which is unfortunate. You know, I think Willie Anderson um, is long overdue. He's arguably the greatest right tackle in NFL history. Uh, But like I said, there's nothing about this class where I I go, this is egregious. I know there's a lot of people – who are mad that Demarcus Ware didn't get in? Um, I don't. I think think that will happen. I just I'm not overly upset about anything. But um, look, the the NFL Hall of Fame or the Pro Football Hall of Fame is is it's tough because there's so many positions uh, and you're only putting in so many a year. They did fine. Uh, next year is going to be tough. Joe Thomas is going to be in that class. Uh, Presumably he will get in. So are they? Are you know? Are we going to see guys like Willie Anderson get pushed back another year because they already have an offensive lineman? You know, those type of things. So uh, yeah, I mean that's that's sort of where we're at. It's tough to get everybody in that deserves it, but somehow there are any number of players in there who shouldn't be. Um, certainly comes to that point. Um, Brown's news here over the last day or so. Uh, defensive line coach Chris Kiffin. Um, I guess it was maybe about a month or so, maybe a little bit less. Um, Chris Kiffin was leaving the Cleveland Browns, and he was going to take a role with the old Miss program that is led by his brother. Um, and part of that, he was going to be assistant defensive coordinator. Um, after about three and a half weeks or so, Chris Kiffin has changed his mind. Um, I actually had a fan message me yesterday. Um, actually, his neighbors with Chris Kiffin here in Ohio. Um, and just said that maybe it seemed difficult, you know, for the family. Um, and look, you know, that, you know, coach's wife, coach's kids, uh, it gets difficult. You know, you're, you're going to move around a lot. So I'm not sure if that had something to do with it. Um, and it is a difficult spot, obviously, because he was going to go work with family, uh, you know, down in, you know, Old Miss, down at Mississippi with his brother. Um, change of heart. Um, Browns still had the opening. Obviously, the Browns are more than comfortable continuing their relationship with Chris Kiffin. Um, and maybe that's a very good thing. There's going to be a lot of new defensive linemen brought into this uh, team and in this locker room for the spring, for the summer. But Chris Kiffin, Pete, after, you know, basically a, you know, a little respite, a little, uh, you know, time away, maybe realized that, you know, the place he was happy was right here in Cleveland after all. Yeah, I, I never knew what to make of him leaving in the first place. Um you know, he's essentially a co- coach linebacker should be like co-defensive coordinator at Ole Miss, which seemed odd. Um, I don't know if the Browns sort of looked around uh, and didn't find someone they liked or, or couldn't get somebody they liked better. Or perhaps sort of somebody got hired yesterday by the New York Giants and then they said, hey, Chris, if maybe money's an option and we maybe give you a little bit more, would you come back type of yeah, thing? I don't know how you know how invested the Browns were in Andre Patterson so I don't know if this is a situation where both both sides basically looked elsewhere and basically came to the conclusion eh we might as well keep going or if you know this is a genuine situation where you know Kiffin went down there maybe it was his family maybe he you know got real sick of his brother real fast I you know 
I, I don't know the answer to that, but um, the one thing that will not be the same is his assistant uh, presumably will not be back. Um, Jeremy yep. Garrett took the Liberty defensive line coaching job. So uh, at least that part will, pres- will presumably be different. So even if Chris Kiffin is back coaching defensive line, somebody else is going to be helping him, uh, which is similar to the situation with special teams where Mike Prefer uh, is slated to come back, but his assistant is no longer back. So how much of that is going to change the dynamic there? Difficult to say, but uh, certainly positions where, you know, you've got Miles Garrett, Jadevi, and Clowney presumably coming back, which is a great situation, but they need more out of everybody else. Uh, and certainly, and, you know, obviously when we talk about everybody else, you know, some of those are names to come. Uh, certainly this team is going to be active defensive line play. Uh, most likely, in my opinion, defensive tackle play in free agency. Certainly probably going to look, you know, slow pass rushers in this class. Certainly to, you know, get some you know younger guys in the fold into that room. Um, you know, maybe just time to start, you know, gambling a bit more athletic upside. You have guys there. They do an okay job. But, uh, you know, they've kind of, you know, hit the wall as far as, you know, the players they're going to be. Um, and for a team that, you know, has great coverage, you want to be able to, uh, you know, have that pass rush along with it. Certainly whether the Browns and their defense, Joe Woods, and of course now Chris Kiffin sticking here in Cleveland is the route they want to go. So we got to some stuff there. Certainly the 2022 uh, Hall of Fame class, uh, Chris Kiffin going to stick around for yet another year, at least here in Cleveland, working with the defensive line play. Jeff Lloyd with Pete Smith taking you through Lockdown Browns. Time for some Super Bowl previews, folks. Get upside. Hey, Browns fans, this is Jeff Lloyd with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get upside. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up. Cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Download the app for free. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. For 25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a year in cash back, and there is no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. And again, promo code TOUCHDOWN. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march to the playoffs right to the big game on Sunday. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates of current games. Don't take don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers for the 2022 season. Bet online where the game starts. Pete, now for the Bengals going into this, uh, for me, and I've talked about this a little bit here this week with other guests who have been on the show and some other shows I've done. Um, I think the Bengals come into this a little young. I so I think with the Bengals, they come into this. And, you know, definitely not their mentality of they, – they're, they're probably here before maybe they even thought they were going to be here. But you've got, Joe Bar- you've got Joe Burrow. You've got Jamar Chase. You have T. Higgins. These are players that have gone through the closest type of this process that you can as far as being collegiate stars at Clemson, LSU, 
you know, running that gauntlet as far as getting the championship games. So you look at the Bengals here, um, and I think for the Bengals, you know, everybody kind of said, you know, all right, maybe the Raider game. After that, it was, all right, well, it's a nice little run, but it's over. Oh, nope. It was a nice little run, but it's, oh, nope. And here's a team that's in, whether it's sustainable, we'll see, because, you know, for the Bengals, one thing that's gone really well for them to this point, to the playoffs, has been their defense. Uh, nothing's changed. They didn't get any better. They didn't get any new players. Uh, just found a way to basically hang around in games, stick around, give them a shot to make the difference, the team make a difference in the final minutes, and certainly it's panned out over the last two weeks in, versus Tennessee versus the Kansas City Chiefs. The offensive side of the ball here, um, one thing the Rams don't do well defensively is sometimes they have issues with the screen game. Joe Mixon is a player. Joe, Mich- Joe Mixon is effective as a receiver. That's something they can work on. Um, you, you have all these wide receivers. Um, you know, so for the Bengals, you know, this is an opportunity, and they can kind of go into this one, and, and I think it's kind of just been their motto to this point is, you know, and it sounds so cliche, and I know they're using it, why not us? But I think they just show up to play, and I think you know they feel with the talent they have, they can do enough offensively to maybe play with anybody. But this will be the week, and obviously with two weeks to prepare for the Rams, we'll see if this Bengals defense is up to this test. Well, I think the Bengals benefit from getting a rest. I think they were getting physically worn out. Um, I am curious to see how they can – generate enough pressure on Matt Stafford while avoiding getting gouged. I think they can actually, they can do well against the Rams running game, whatever, how, how little a threat it has been. I, you know, I don't know what, how much does two more weeks help Cam Akers who hasn't played particularly well, hard to say. Um, the Bengals defense has just been timely enough. They, they haven't made a lot of plays on the ball, but the plays they've made have been critical. Um, and in some cases they've allowed, teams like the Rams to or the teams like the Chiefs to make their own mistakes. Now, if Matt Stafford throws up, you know, an arm punt that Jaquiski Tart can't catch, I suspect <laughs> Jesse Bates will. Uh, so if they make that type of mistake, the Bengals are more than happy to capitalize. Uh, for the Bengals offense, uh, you know, presumably Jalen Ramsey's going to spend a lot of time covering Jamar Chase, but uh, their other DBs and Darius Williams has not played particularly particularly well how's he going to hold up against potentially uh t higgins how is he going to hold up against tyler boyd and tyler boyd could be a really bad matchup for this this rams defense uh in the middle of the field as a consistent chain mover and given the fact that they are you know i don't know what you're going to get out of cj uzama um i think boyd is going to have to take a lot of that role pretty quickly uh and then, you know, people will criticize the, the Bengals for doing it, but they're smart for running the ball. And for no other reason, it's just, one, Joe, Joe Mixon's good. And two, they need to give the Rams every reason to at least think about not rushing the passer because otherwise they're just going to have Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and Leonard Floyd pinning their ears back the whole way, which is what happened against Arizona. And it was just, it was a nightmare. Like, they have to be able to, give Burrow some time. Now, if they're, they're, they're always going to try to get the ball out quickly and Burrow's probably going to take a couple sacks that they'd rather avoid, but they have enough offensively to, to give the Rams problem problems. Now I think the Rams are probably going to try to mix up some coverages and to give them some looks to at least make Burrow hesitate. 
if that happens, then that pass rush can get there. And if they start beating him up, then it can get, um, it can get ugly in a hurry. Uh, the Bengals defensive backs are, you know, may not be what you'd want to ideally match up against uh, the, the Rams receivers, but on, on, you know, on balance, their overall secondary is pretty good. So I'm curious to see if they can hold up against that Rams passing game. If Matt Stafford decides to, you know, throw some prayer balls, they're going to take advantage of it in ways other teams haven't. And that may keep this a very low scoring game. And, you know, at that point, you know, is this going to be another situation where Evan McPherson can win them a game? Maybe uh, the other thing that's going to be a challenge for this game is going to be Zach Taylor. Can Zach Taylor sort of avoid getting too conservative in a game that sort of breeds conservatism? Most teams don't want to, you know, are, are scared to screw it up and will punt or, you know, make conservative choices. You know, the, the things like onside kicks are, you know, very uh, stand out because they're, they're, they're so uncommon. Are they going to be willing to make, make a, a risk and go for, go for a play early to try to create another possession or something of that nature. You know, that's going to be interesting. You know, Sean McVay is not perfect by any stretch, uh, but he, he's a good coach and obviously has a ton of experience. He has six playoff wins already. Um, you know, can the Bengals offense be efficient in the red zone? They have not been at any time in the playoffs and they're still here. So if, if they can get, a their best performance from there. That's going to be interesting to see if 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 they can sort of gain a lead and put the Rams at a, at a disadvantage. Um, as far as you know, the Bengals on offense here, um, and I think it's kind of been a disservice to the coverage um, that T. Higgins has gotten throughout the playoffs. He's been absolutely fantastic. I, under, I am not you know disrespecting Jamar Chase in any way whatsoever. He had a ridiculous regular season, and he's had a very, very solid playoff. Uh, but T. Higgins, and there's just a difference with that size, and you've seen him go over the middle and work the middle with that size, using his body. Um, so certainly somebody to keep an eye on there. You know, if, if you're looking for somebody that can do some of the things that Cooper Cup can do for the Rams, they certainly have that in Tyler Boyd for the Rams. Look, Jalen Ramsey was a hair away from a pick six early in the third quarter in the NFC Championship game. He was maybe a hair away from a pick six in the fourth quarter before the drive um, where that finally led ultimately to the Jimmy Garoppolo interception in the NFC championship game. It seemed Aaron Donald and Von Miller were quiet early. Um, and then eventually, you know, they were obviously huge, huge factors in that final drive. Um, you know, Aaron Donald certainly scares me in this game as a man. This is the only thing we're talking about one of the greatest players in the game today. Um, if you were to retire today, would certainly carry a moniker, probably one of the greatest to ever play. And the only thing missing from a resume for an Aaron Donald is to be a Super Bowl champion. It seems like it's something that means to him. So if I'm the Bengals, it is all about whatever we can do to make sure that 99 is not a factor on Sunday. And we haven't mentioned Leonard Floyd, who is great at picking up the scraps um, you know, that come his way from you know anything that Aaron Donald does. And certainly now Von Miller does. Switching up the defensive side of the ball. I mean, if you're the Bengals, it's all about one thing probably to start, Pete. It's, you know, how the hell does Cooper Cup not go 11 for 180 on us? Yeah, I mean, look, they, the Bengals' corners are not bad. 
um, you know, Cheeto Ouzier and, and Eli Apple can cover, um, but your best bet is not going to be playing man coverage. It's going to be playing combination coverages that allow you to have one or more players check him somewhere along the line. Now, the problem with that is Sean McVay is a guy who loves to run floods. Uh, he likes to run re- uh, sort of replace routes where you have, you know, one guy try to run somebody off and somebody else follow right behind and fill in that, zo- that zone, um, which can give problems to that. That's why teams are more inclined to try to play man against the Rams. And, and the Bengals are going to have to do that at some point. But by virtue of having guys like Jesse Bates and Von Bell and some of these other guys who are, are good enough on the back end that they can sort of avoid getting beat and maybe they can create situations where they can cause a mistake or take advantage of an errant throw. <clears throat> it's not like a given that the Rams receivers are, are just going to go off. Now, Cooper Cup, ultimately, just given the way he's played, it's difficult to assume he won't have a big game. It's whether or not they can limit everybody else. Can they keep Odell Beckham from having a, a big game? Can they can they avoid giving up an explosive play to Von Jefferson somewhere in the game uh, who has a knack for just creating like a 40-yard play out of somewhere that can uh, get, a, get a quick score? Um, those, you know – I think this is sort of like, you know, dealing with a, a superstar NBA player where you, there's some element of you you you, you want to make you understand that they're going to get theirs. You got to make sure everybody else doesn't doesn't absolutely kill you. No doubt about it. Um, and with Cooper Cup, I believe it's seven receptions he needs to break the all-time um, postseason record. Um, you know, that may be something that could be put to bed by halftime. You never know. I mean, sometimes they get cooking and they get cooking, uh, get cooking quickly. Uh, but I certainly think, you know, Cooper cup, um, and you know, probably, you know, his name deserves a little more recognition last evening. That's fine. Um, but you know, Cooper cup going into this game, going into the Super Bowl, um, certainly no doubt about it is a player. The Bengals need to focus, put their attention on as far as maybe you take Cooper cup away. You're certainly going to make, uh, things a lot more interesting, um, you saw, you know, what happened in the 49er game. You certainly saw what happened against Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, you know, where he proved to be, you know, the uh, the chess piece that basically, you know, <clears throat> called checkmate in both those games. We're going to get to a little bit more here with Pete Smith. We're going to flip it up here. We're going to take it from a Rams perspective offensively and defensively, get some predictions, game predictions, MVP predictions. We continue through here on your latest Locked On Browns. We are talking built bars, folks. It's the time of the year that I pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to built bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I really enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you are missing out on one of the built bars' best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They are marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They are a treat. And they are covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamony churro. Coconut marshmallow. Banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be your new favorites. All built bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, puffs included. 100% real chocolate. Low calories. High protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. Typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. 
you'll be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. Most built bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it, and it will be delicious, and it will be good for you. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but it seems that they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Flipping it up here, Pete, the Los Angeles Rams. Now, this is a team a few years ago lost the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. This is a team that made this move specifically this offseason, bringing in Matthew Stafford from the Detroit Lions, trading Jared Goff to the Detroit Lions. This was based on the premise that they felt Jared Goff was good enough to get this team to a Super Bowl, but most likely not good enough to win this team a Super Bowl. So here in year one, they are going to have the opportunity to basically, you know, you know, put the rubber to the road, so to speak, and see if Matthew Stafford can be the difference, can be this team, can be the guy that gets this team this Lombardi trophy after some successful runs here over the last couple of years. So for Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford, you know, this is, you know, for Stafford waiting for the opportunity after 12 years in Detroit, finally gets the opportunity. Here he is, Sean McVay, you are back in this spot with the guy essentially you picked to be the guy to make the difference in this spot. Well, I mean, for, for Matthew Stafford, he's got to avoid holding onto the ball too long and getting hit with stupid sacks and potentially turnovers as a result. Trey Hendrickson is very good. Um, you know, the Bengals have been able to generate pressure using defensive back blitzes and some of these other things. Um, and Matthew Stafford has made some incredible throws. He's, played better than any quarterback in the playoffs, but that he's certainly not infallible and has made his share of mistakes. Um, so if he is holding on the ball and getting drilled, not only do I think the Rams are going to have a difficult time generating an offense and scoring points early, but I think it's going to put them in a situation, not unlike they were in the AFC championship where they have to come back. And that allows for a situation where, you know, you make a bad throw down the middle of the field or you get too greedy or whatever it is, and you put that ball up to be taken away. Now, in the case of that, uh, the 49ers didn't take it when it was there for them, and, and they ultimately lost for it. Uh, the Bengals have enough talent to take advantage. That's uh, That has been largely their calling card this year. But for Stafford, it's get the ball out, let your guys try to make plays, uh, you know, don't get caught up in trying to go too big too early. Uh, see how the game's going to go, see what they're going to do to you, and take those checkdowns. I mean, they, they, they may not be able to run the ball with much consistency against the Bengals, but whether it's checking it down to uh, their backs or, you know, Tyler Higby or, you know, whether it's Beckham or, or Cup, just finding space, uh, I think their best play is to – in some ways, get take the field position, take the profit, and avoid the big mistakes. Let the game come to you, and then sort of 
find where you're going to be able to go big uh, and, and and try to make that big play. Now, the, the counter argument to what I just said is if you go big early and you make a big play, maybe you, you get the Bengals nervous because they're the younger team and inexperienced. But the history of the playoffs has – said that that's not that the Bengals haven't really fallen for that that they've been able to sort of hang in games and and stick around that's why I think ultimately they're better off trying to keep the ball out of Burrow's hands as much as possible try to wear on their defense and and figure out ways to to create offense over the course of the game Uh, yeah and you know certainly with that you know with Cam Akers um, and he's looked good. Um, and you know, I, I'm sure the two weeks is not hurting him in a way. It's not hurting anybody. Uh, for a player like Andrew Whitworth, the two the two weeks is probably huge for a player that age playing such a demanding position in left tackle. You have Sony Michelle here, um, certainly a part of the Super Bowl victory a couple of years ago against the Rams. Now playing for the Rams, um, the opportunity if you can, and you know, certainly if you're the Rams, you know, coming into this game with the better defense. And you get up early, you have the chance to run Cam Akers, uh, mix in some Sony Michelle. I wouldn't be afraid to, you know, maybe save a couple of Cam Cam Akers carries, uh, so you can maybe use him in the passing game, screen game. Certainly, solid player in that role. Um, and with Cup, he's going to do what he does. Um, if you can get Odell to play under control and take what the coverage is giving him, much like he did in the NFC Championship game, where understanding the guys were laying off on him, so he had no problem you know, cutting them routes, uh, you know, getting the sure-handed catch, you know, a lot of, you know, receptions for 12, 13 yards are great. Not everything has got to be 40 to 50. Um, and if you can get him to stay that course like he did in the NFC Championship game, that'll be a plus. Van Jefferson makes plays when his number's called. Uh, the young tight end that's kind of been the focus here the last couple of weeks did injuries. He has played well. He has certainly looked sharp in that regard. So it'd be interesting how it works out for the Rams offense in that respect. But when I flip it over here, Pete, and I get to this Rams defense, you know, look, I mean, Jalen Ramsey, this is why you're here. Aaron Donald, this is why you're here. Von Miller, this is why you came here. Uh, you know, for this, for them not to get this done, and all the Rams have invested, because I, I got to be honest, guys, my 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 girls are going to be a sophomore in high school and a freshman in high school, and I think both of them will be out of high school before the Rams have another first-round pick. So this is a heavy, heavy investment into this. And sure, it rolls over to the next year or two. Certainly, no doubt about that. But you know, this is all about winning the Super Bowl for them. There is nothing else here. And with these players, and you're going to need it from Donald. You're going to need Donald to absolutely be an absolute world beater. We're talking eight tackles. You know, we're talking sacks. We're talking pressures. We're talking disrupting Joe Burrow all day. Von Miller, Leonard Floyd flying around all day. Jalen Ramsey, in this game, you can't afford to not get one of those interceptions that he should have had in the NFC Championship game, Pete. No, and and look, I mean, the Rams put everything on this one. They're not they're not even going to be as they're not likely to be even as effective next year. Uh they're most likely going to lose Von Miller and Odell Beckham among other players just because their salary cap situation and some of the guys that are coming due and 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 choices they've made. Um so They've got a lot of pressure on them to to win and win now. Um, that's where they're at, and, and you know I don't think the Bengals lack urgency by any stretch, but there probably is some feeling uh, that they they'll be back. Um, I don't know how realistic that is, but that that's partly their attitude is they're so young that it feels like inevitable 
that they'll be back. But, you know, Dan Marino is there in, in 85 and then never back again. Yep. So it's a tough spot for both teams. And I think the Bengals are better than most people give them credit for, particularly the defense keeps playing well. I, but my, I'm, I have a difficult time uh, not thinking that that Rams defense will eventually – get their way with what they're doing, especially if they're able to score points and force the Bengals into being a any kind of predictable offense. Um, I think it could go very badly. And and the biggest thing the Rams have to do, which the last two opponents the Bengals face couldn't, was just stop vomiting all over yourself. Uh, <laughs> the Chiefs and the Titans both you mean, you mean like giving away free three points by trying to get too freaking cute? Because you know the Rams aren't going to do that. Well, that and, you know, Ryan Tannehill throwing like a ghastly interception that let the Bengals tie it up and go to overtime. Like, yeah, I mean, just these things where you, you're sitting there going, if they just don't kill themselves, they win. Um, now, the defense certainly gives deserves credit for what they've been able to do by the Bengals, but um, it's a really difficult tightrope to walk. And I think both teams have done it to, to some expense, extent. So uh, who who can sort of stay consistent who can avoid making those uh mistakes who can take advantage of them and you know that right now that would seemingly lead towards the rams but we'll see where that where, where, what happens on sunday and one thing we're you're gonna have to you know for me just one thing i i did want to bring in here um is joe burrow's legs were huge in the afc championship game escaped a couple of would-be sacks um, not for just, you know, positive yardage, you know, for, you know, stick moving plays, you know, got first downs. Um, I don't know if he's going to be able to pull that off against this Rams, uh, defensive front, but if he does certainly could aid the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, but Pete, it is time. Los Angeles Rams, four point favorites, technically the road team. Um, look, it's the Super Bowl. This it's not really, you know, where it's going to be a home crowd advantage ever, but it is the Super Bowl, Pete. Uh, Rams, four-point favorites. Pete, who ends up victorious and who essentially is going to Disneyland? Well, I think the Rams are going to win, but I don't think they're going to cover. I think it's going to be close enough where it's going to come down to down to field goals or some last-ditch drive to try to win it or, or lose it, however it works. But ultimately, I think the Rams are good enough to win. Um as long as they stay out of their own way. And who are taking home the MVP award? Oh, Mr. Win, Smith? I, think Matt, I think Matthew Stafford will get the MVP because if, if they don't, if he's not that, if he's not good enough to win the MVP, they won't win. Interesting. Interesting. I am going to go this route. And, you know, for the first time that we've ever done this, this is actually the first year that I've actually won the playoff prediction poll. So go me after about four seasons of Pete whipping my ass on this. Um, I have the Rams winning 31-24. I just think the Rams defense is better. And, you know, I can't, you know, I don't believe the Cincinnati Bengals defense has gotten that much better. I think they got smarter in how they played. And I think with two weeks, Sean McVay, certainly an experienced quarterback like Matthew Stafford, um, just a you know pain-in-the-butt type of receiver that Cooper Cup is. So I have the Rams winning 31-24. Um, but mostly behind all of this, and this leads to my MVP prediction, I think it's because they're going to make life for Joe Burrow extremely difficult. 
And if that's the case, it all comes down to number 99 and Aaron Donald. So I think, you know, Aaron Donald, I, I think it's going to be a big game. I think it's going to be, you're talking eight tackles. You're going to talk a lot of disruption of the quarterback sack, if not two, maybe even, you never know, getting the ball loose because Aaron Donald has that quality. He has that talent to make that happen. So Rams 31, Bengals 24. Um, Hell of a ride uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, after what everybody wanted to talk about all year long about the AFC, um, and now you ended up where the Bengals, you know, basically ran the table in the playoffs to get there. But Pete, first and foremost, the Cincinnati Bengals are playing in the Super Bowl, and come about Monday or Tuesday, we don't have to talk about this season anymore, sir. No, I mean. It- I mean, if you're the Browns, you're, you're fans here. If you've already moved on, but in, in fact, we've already some some have already doomed the, the next season to failure. Of um, course. The thing is, like, the Browns aren't that far from being good or, or a great team. They are still an excellent matchup for the team that is going to play in the Super Bowl on Sunday. They are still a fantastic matchup against this team, and somewhere that's gotten really lost in the sauce. Well, there's that, and the fact that if Baker Mayfield is just functional, then they're going to be they'd be in the playoffs. And the other part of that is if their special teams weren't garbage, they'd be in the playoffs. Um, that shouldn't take an all-world effort to improve. In the case of Mayfield, he just has to be healthy. Uh, in the case of special teams, I'm looking at you, Mike Pre, for entering year three. Like you got to figure this out because uh, once again, you finish bottom three. Um, and, and, you know, it's not easy to pick or it's not difficult to pick apart games where if the Browns were effective, both punting, kicking, whatever, uh, they're in the, they were in the postseason. Now I don't, I, once again, don't think they were good enough to win just by virtue of the way their injuries hit. But if they were, if they had functional special teams, even with a labrum torn battered Mayfield, this team still could have made the playoffs. So if he's good and he's playing like the 2020 uh, version, that's certainly more than capable of showing up. They improve things like receiver uh, and continue to add pass rushers. They can be right there in the mix. Likewise, I I, I don't automatically assume the Bengals are going to be back in the playoffs next year. Um, I think we sort of underestimate just how wild of a ride this was uh, this year in terms of the AFC North and how just brutalized the Ravens and Browns got with injuries and, and just weird situations happening. So uh, all three of those teams could be in the playoffs next year. Uh, you know, but it wouldn't be a, a, a total shock if, if the Bengals were to regress a little bit and, and struggle to make the postseason next year. There's no question about it. And Pete, before we kind of put it to a close Browns wise, one last thing, but kicker, free agency, draft, how you fixing the issue? I mean, I don't know enough about kicking to be able to be like, yeah, you should totally go out and get this guy. The only thing I can say is that what they've been doing isn't working. Now, whether that's Chase McLaughlin isn't enough or whatever, you know, that's going to be what they have to fix. I, like I said, I don't know. I don't like right now. I have no idea who's going to be a free agent kicker. And even if I did, I couldn't tell you guarantee that they're going to come and be good. And I don't know. I don't know the name of a single kicker in this year's NFL draft. Uh, I, I know it's loaded at punter, 
which they may like. So if, if I'm just guessing, um, I would probably say it will be a free agent kicker and a drafted punter. Interesting. And me, that's – look, I, I don't know. I, I have a hard time putting picks on specialists. I, I just do. Uh, it's uh, – Call me weird, whatever, but you know, because it, so much can happen in you know a week or two that you're moving on from your kicker. So the last thing I'd want to do is know that I put that investment into a kicker or a punter. But you have gotten a ton from us, the Hall of Fame class. Uh, Chris Kiffin opting to stay with the Cleveland Browns for the 2022 season. Gave you everything we could, Bengals wise, everything we could, Rams wise. Our predictions, our predictions for Super Bowl MVPs. Uh, everybody, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Um, we'll get back to full tilt Browns offseason coverage going into next week. Appreciate everybody who makes Lockdown Browns their first listen day in, day out. Appreciative of the Lockdown family. Those guys absolutely rocked it this week on Radio Row. So proud of just to see where the network has gone and everything that these guys were able to do this week. Um, and the opportunities that were given, um, earned certainly, um, but took the opportunity and just absolutely stinking crushed it pete smith browns digest on si again full tilt nothing but browns offseason coverage over there um you know starting to you know look towards the combine the beginning of march certainly look towards free agency after that um then getting you know full on into putting you know browns draft coverage uh you know basically into the blender after free agency and what goes down there so make sure you're checking everything out on browns digest make sure you are following at underscore pete smith underscore check out the podcast with him and nicole fantastic every week just great great stuff um nicole just seems to get better each week um and it's really it's a fun it's a different conversation it's certainly a different point of view so enjoy the listen over there every week as well uh show itself lockdown browns the the twitter account uh me personally at jeff underscore lj underscore lloyd make sure you're following over there wherever you get your podcast make sure you're following or subscribe to the lockdown browns podcast leaving those five star ratings and written reviews. We appreciate it. Again, everybody enjoy your weekend. <clears throat> enjoy the Super Bowl. And with that, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.